You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to yet another Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Joe Hopkins and Mike Chappell. I'm Dave Griffiths. We do appreciate you all for joining us as the offseason continues. We have a Super Bowl matchup set. I've told everyone I'll refrain from singing Fly Eagles Fly until we uh, finish the show here, but... It is cheap. Have you got Have you got an Eagles shirt on? No, not right now. I still have my Fox Fifty Nine CBS Four uh, shirt right now that you can go online and check that out and read Mike Chappell's work. Mike just trying to drop uh, drop his own uh, his own work there by referencing my my outerwear. But nevertheless, uh, it should be a great Super Bowl. Really looking forward to it. The Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Brothers Bowl, uh, definitely the two best teams. Before we really dive into everything else, guys uh, of the season this year, both number one seeds. Uh, the doesn't always happen this way, and there'll certainly be uh, plenty of buildup over the next two uh, week, week and a half now until kickoff. You know, you always love to see the best teams, and, and most of the time we don't get that. Was it like the number one seeds? Wasn't Tennessee the number one seed last year? Yep, I think so. And no that? one really, and no one really thought, no, you know that 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 was the case. But you know, now if they want to have a, you know, a, a three for and put Cincinnati in there and somehow have you know. A, a three-way on the field. I I could go for that, but when when you got these two teams, it's it's that's what's cool. These teams. That's why you earn the number one seed. There there was talk about, uh, and I don't don't think it's casual talk about taking away home field for the number one seeds. Please the, no. I just don't believe there'll be enough support for the owners because the owners understand the value of the regular season. And the seeds, and they're not about to give up the advantage. Yes, economics, yes, but the the, the advantage of playing at home. If you earn it, if you go thirteen and three or thirteen and fourteen and three now, you've earned it. Let's not get into this rotating conference championship games. That's just not the way it's done. So, but I like the way it's just played out. Great game on Sunday night. Not so much early. Because, you know, Frisco just didn't have, I don't know, five quarterbacks on their roster to go through, which, shame on them. Hmm. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. I really am. Look, I, I know there's a lot of people, and since I'm I'm the Eagles fan here, growing up an Eagles fan, there's there's plenty of people who, who come out and say something to the extent of, well, the Eagles didn't beat anybody to get there. Daniel Jones and the Giants were playing pretty well. It's not beating Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. He still put up 31 points on them. They they earned their spot in the Super Bowl. It was not as hard as some other paths are. So I understand what what's the uh, what's being said. But but Joe, like like Chap said, you looking forward to this uh, this matchup as well? Yeah, I mean sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. The Eagles are Take both. It. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good matchup. I, I'm not going to place money on either team because I think they're so evenly matched in terms of. Uh, the talent level, obviously, Mahomes kind of boosts the Chiefs' side where their roster isn't as well-rounded, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. What I'm not looking forward to is a weekend without football. That's always the worst part leading into the Super Bowl is me just twiddling my thumbs on Sunday. I told my wife uh, last Sunday that if she let me watch the full Eagles game, I would take this next Sunday completely off of watching football. So I've got that going for me, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens for Super Bowl Sunday after that. Hey, Master negotiator. There we go. That, that, that's how I do business. We, we will also break down the Colts quarterback situation coming up. That's the meat and potatoes of this show. Uh, also have a uh, pretty... Well, we're not going to call it a significant update on the coaching search, but but we'll get into where um, where we stand right now in, in the coaching search uh, as we tape this podcast on Wednesday afternoon, February 1st. But we'll start with some non-coaching news across the NFL. And uh, pretty much, Joe, I think we should just uh, re-rack the show we did last year uh, right now with Tom Brady retiring. For real this time, he says, no more Tom Brady. So uh, so six years from now, Mike Chappell, somebody else will be uh, standing up and giving the uh, Hall of Fame a uh, speech saying, I present for you Tom Brady, and then sitting back down. We'll have to call it the, the chap. Uh, that, that's, the, uh, that's, that's how it's done. But uh, Tom Brady, after 23 years in the NFL, apparently is once again retiring. Yeah, what, what would that be, 2028, I think, when he'll be eligible? And rem- remember, we only have five spots every year. So that year we're going to have Tom Brady and J.J. Watt. So we're going to have – that's two guys you're going to stand up and say their name and sit down. So – Again, we, we've done all this stuff with Brady. Uh, what I always come back to, 
if you stick around long enough, you, you just pile up. It's kind of like Frank Gore with the rushing yards. If you stick around long enough, you're all of a sudden you're number two. You just are. But I was there when Brady's career started. That uh, whatever it was, week three of 2001, I think, with Bledsoe had the lacerated kidney, I think it was. And the Colts go up there and they had just blown the doors off of Buffalo and the Jets and they went to New England and this guy named Brady was starting his first game ever. And they just laid the Colts to waste. Not that Brady did much, but it, it's kind of cool to to say, yeah, I remember when that guy was just a guy and all of a sudden, then you watch his career. If anyone wants to have the argument of the greatest player of all time, it's still Jerry Rice or Jim Brown. But the most successful player of all time is without question Tom Brady. And those are two different things. He's been a thorn in Colts side for, for so long, uh, but uh, he, he left New England and proved that it was not just uh, a fluke or a, uh, a system uh, that he was succeeding in New England. He went to Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl there, Joe. Um, like Chap said, the most successful NFL player of all time and, and has been the gold standard for the past two decades when it comes to quarterback play in the NFL. Yeah, I like to refer to him as the most accomplished quarterback of all time. I, I'm never going to concede to calling him the greatest Peyton Manning fan over here, but um, he's not going away either for the Colts fans who have just been hated this guy for most of his career. He's, he's you're going to see him on Fox every Sunday with his uh, uh, mega deal over there, kicking at Greg Olson out of the booth. And I'm sure Olson will find somewhere else to come into games. He has a lot of fans, but um, Tom Brady will still be working on Sundays going yeah, forward. Yeah, Olson's been great. So uh, shame to see him and Kevin Burkhart getting, getting ripped up because they've been a really good pair, but uh, I, I have ever confidence that Brady's going to be good too. Uh, he, he seems to f- fit the bill, uh, for, for what people ask for in those situations. So, uh, so we'll, we'll see what he can do. Uh, nearly 90,000 passing yards in his career, uh, 649 touchdowns, both of them tops all time. Um, Tom Brady retiring once again at 45 years old from the NFL after uh, this past season, seven Super Bowl victories in his career. Closer to home, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts has had ankle surgery. JT told NFL.com he had the procedure last week. Surgery described as a debridement procedure to clean out some loose participles, particles, whatever. The uh, ankle, JT said, had a bunch of junk in there from a bunch of years. Just finally had to clean it out and make sure I'm good to go. We finally had the time to get it right. I'm 100% ready to rock. Chap, when you see this, it's not a surprise when we watched Jonathan Taylor last year being uh, a shell of what he was the previous year for reasons both uh, attuned to his ankle and the blocking in front of him, but um, that they went forward and had a procedure, quote-unquote, Let's you uh, gives I, I think it should give you some optimism or a fan some optimism for next year that uh, they're just not trying to uh, ride it out, see where it goes, rest and rehab, get this procedure done, clean the junk out of there, build it back up and then kind of uh, hit the ground running when training camp comes around. Probably. How many times have we have we had players try to ride it out and give it rest and in and then in June? Somebody has ankle surgery, or whatever that's, or back surgery, which we've had twice with uh, Shaq, I believe. So yeah, it, it's get it done. Something, something was bothering him. And he had the high ankle sprain. He had turf toe, so it was just a lost season. And he still rushed for what eight sixty or whatever it was. He's and we saw flashes. We saw a couple of flashes, which is pretty encouraging. We're knowing he wasn't even remotely a hundred percent. Get it done. Get him healthy, get rehab, and doggone it, get the offensive line fixed so it can actually run. And if uh, if Joe, there was some kind of um, junk in there, like Taylor said, for the past couple years, maybe he wasn't even at 100% two years ago. No, nowhere to go but up for Jonathan Taylor next season. Could have been. We'll see. I mean, I'm not going to ever expect him to surpass what he did in the 2021 season. Um, that was just remarkable. But if we can get him back to that level or 
potentially even healthier. That'd be great going forward and pair him uh, with hopefully a young quarterback. You, you don't even you really don't want him to do what he did. I think two years ago, you want uh, a little bit more production from receivers, tight ends, quarterback throwing them the ball, uh, and then and then Taylor to be somewhere uh, somewhere in the very very good category as well. To uh, maybe not the number one rusher in the NFL because that lets you know that. Probably there's some other areas in your team, uh, more dynamic areas that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Typically, typically, that's not 100 percent, but uh, but that's I think a, a general rule, and I can say that without too much uh, argument back and forth. But there's a salary cap increase next year in the NFL. The league's informed teams that the cap will be at a record 224.8 million dollars next year, which is up 16 million from the 2022 cap. At two hundred eight point two million, so more salary cap space for the Colts to do nothing with, and uh, next year come back and uh, everyone wanting them to sign people, right? That's what it is. It'll be nice space to maybe resign a Jonathan Taylor or Michael exactly, Pittman to yeah, an extensions, because that? that's one thing they do use their cap space on is resigning their own. Chris Ballard always harping on that, um, but yeah, I don't expect too much exterior mm-hmm. players to be coming in, but. Uh, it's always good news when you got more money to spend. Yeah, Jeff, like, like Joe said, that, that first goes to Pittman and Taylor, and then everything else is after that right now. Yeah, they're, they're roughly, and, and keep in mind, the numbers are roughly right now, but they're roughly $13 million under the cap, and, and this is from over the cap, and that doesn't include your draft picks, so they've got effectively $5 million in cap space, which isn't a whole lot. Some teams, a lot of teams, are, un, are over the cap, projected cap. But you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do stuff. You're gonna get rid of Matt Ryan. We'll, we'll get into this, but Matt Ryan's gonna clear up seventeen million. You know, Nick Foles. I, I haven't got his numbers right in front of me, but then they've got four or five players that, if if they have the desire, they can, they can juggle, rearrange, restructure contracts. Guys, you know, De- Buckner. Ryan Kelly, people like that. Maybe Q, I don't think Q's contract is quite there yet. Braden Smith. So you, you guys can make the salary cap sing. They can actually make it sing if they want to. So just always keep in mind, whenever we mention the salary cap, it's just kind of where it is. If a, te- if a team wants to do something, it will do it. Anyone who, who has watched what the New Orleans Saints did, during Drew Brees' career, you can make that cap do anything. Yeah, yes, if you got a boatload, you can do more. And if, if if a lot of times what goes into it is cash, you haven't got the cash, you got cap space on the cash. I'm telling you, if the Colts want to do stuff this offseason, Pittman, Taylor, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, you know, you've got guys you need to resign. Again, I, I agree with with uh, Joe. I don't think they're going to be very active early in free agency. Not that they ever are, but I just think they're going to be kind of bargain shopping for, for depth guys. I really do because they got to keep it in house, but then going forward, not to belabor the point with the rookie quarterback, that's at least four years of really, really affordable at the position. What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together, we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at HancockRegional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. Need new windows? Contact your hometown team today. Hometown Window and Doors are Central Indiana's premier, locally owned, full-service Anderson window dealer with master installers. From design to installation, the hometown team handles it all. They carry unlimited options with competitive pricing. Call them direct to get 25% off your windows if you call within the next 60 days. Hometown Windows and Doors gives you all the perks of a national brand with a hometown feel. Visit them at Hometown Window Team dot com today the coaching search continues across the nfl we've seen a couple positions uh been filled out there and uh number one the the first coach that the rest of the nfl said that they wanted was the one coach the colts said that they didn't want 
anymore. Frank Reich gets the first opening. He goes to Carolina. He has a good deal of his family out there. Um, through the first pass, indeed, in Carolina Panthers history. In fact, through the first touchdown pass in Carolina Panthers history. Trivia question. Do either of you guys know who that was who caught that pass from Frank Reich? Nope. Couldn't tell you. The, there, uh, there is an Indiana connection to, uh, to who caught that pass from Frank Reich. Still no. From Wabash College. Pete Metzlars. That's right. Pete Metzlars. I did see, I did see that one because Frank had a heck of a game. He was yeah. like 20, 29 of 44 for, was it 300 yards? They, they had to go out there and chuck the rock, yeah. A touchdown. I, 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 that, now that you said that, the Wabash, Pete Metzlars, who was a pretty good player in his own right. He was really good player. Played for the Bills for for much of their Super Bowl runs, and uh, and then went over to the to the Panthers because Bill Polian went there and was tasked with building the Panthers and wanted to bring in some guys that he knew, like a Frank Reich, like a Pete Metzlars, and a couple others to get that franchise off the ground, which it did. And in second year, made it all the way to the NFC Championship game. Um, uh, Denver has traded uh, for Coach Sean Payton. They have uh, sent their 2023 uh, first round pick and their second round pick in 2024 to uh, the Saints for Peyton and then a 2024 third-round pick. So they basically swap second and third-round picks next year and give up a first-round pick. Uh, Denver, it seemed like there was something new every week, Joe, about the Denver coaching search and who they were looking for, this guy, that guy, the other guy. They, they eventually land on Peyton, who uh, is uh, certainly the most accomplished coach uh, going through this cycle because he had just stepped away from things last year, and now he's getting back into the game. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of that was, well, if we can't get a deal done with the Saints, who are we going to sign then? Um, they're paying them a boatload of money. You can't say their new ownership isn't trying because they're certainly trying out there. It's it's going to be interesting to see because year one of the Russell Wilson trade was a colossal failure. And so they're kind of just doubling down now and bringing in Peyton. And if, if this doesn't work as well, they've spent a ton of money and resources um, uh, sunken into this. And if it doesn't work out, their franchise is going to be in the gutter for the next five to ten years. I mean, Chap, there, there's so little they can do in this situation other than to try to make this work because they gave away their first-round pick this year. That's gone. You can't just completely rebuild so quickly. You're As much as you say you can do whatever you can with the salary cap, like making it work through free agency to bring in the right pieces would be exceptionally difficult for them when their other players have other options to go to. So... So, so like I said, if if this is them doubling down and trying to make Russell Wilson work, well, Sean Payton had a whole lot of success with a smaller than average quarterback with a less than average arm down in uh, down in New Orleans for years. So maybe he's the best coach, uh, certainly probably the best coach in this cycle to see if there's any remotely chance possibility that Russell Wilson can work in Denver. Yeah, because again, it, it, it's with the cap, you, you can do a lot of things with it, but when you got so much sunk in the quarterback position that I've not looked at it in depth, but but it's guaranteed and and they're locked into Russell Wilson for probably three years, four years, more. So it it was really strange watching him play this year, even against the Colts, where you're thinking, who is this guy? He he didn't show much good decision-making. He threw that one Hail Mary fair catch. Uh, was it Rodney Thomas? It was Rodney Thomas's first pick as a pro, yeah. And it was just really strange the way he played it. And this is with Nathaniel Hackett, who's supposedly an offensive genius because you, you thought that was going to work. But, yeah, if it doesn't work now, and I think you'll know right away. So they're banking on a lot. The one thing with the salary cap, you can pay your coach whatever you want, and it doesn't impact your, your, your cap. But – it, it was fun kind of watching, interesting watching the Broncos because I thought I read that before they signed Peyton that they had a meeting with Jim Harbaugh like four or five days before that, after Harbaugh made his announcement that I'm staying at Michigan. Well, if you're staying at Michigan, why are you meeting with these guys? I mean, I mean, come on. We're not stupid. Well, some of us are dumb. We're not stupid. So I, I – Hey, it's got, it either works or doesn't. And you're right. If, if this doesn't work, they're going to be a, a bottom feeder for, gosh, five years, ten years. Because once you finally decide that it doesn't work, it takes you that long to, to kind of rebuild with what you're going to have. 
D'Amico Ryans has accepted the Houston Texans head coaching job. Spent a couple years there as with the franchise as a linebacker. Was in the Pro Bowl twice. Um, Ryans has made the 49ers arguably the best defense overall in the NFL the past two seasons or maybe even beyond that. Um, I don't even know exactly how long he's been there, but I know for the past two seasons. It has been just two. They've been really stinking good those two years. And uh, it helps to have Nick Bosa, Joe, in front of you. But uh, Ryan's he he very much fits the mold of success that Mike Vrabel has had in this same division. A uh, defensive minded coach who uh, is a great uh, leader of men, we will put it. And uh, that's that's who the, the Houston Texans are going with. And it just made too much sense for it not to happen. Going back to Houston, where he had so much success uh, as a linebacker, as a player. I mean, I remember watching him as a young Colts fan and being like, oh, man, this is somebody that, you know, when you talk about the linebackers who would kind of play chess with Peyton Manning on the other side, um, Ryan's was one of them. Now, uh, Peyton still won that chess match more times than not. But D'Amico was terrific. Um, I, I think th- this finally stops the coaching carousel in Houston for at least a few years. The Colts and the Cardinals are the only two teams left without a head coach. Dan Quinn, as you noted, has decided to remain in Dallas. The Colts reportedly wanted to schedule a second interview with him, but apparently he thinks there's unfinished business there in Dallas, so they get to go back and lose to the Eagles again next year and continue to be one of just three NFC teams that have not made the uh, the uh, NFC championship game in like the past three decades or something like that since they last did in the mid 90s so aside from you being a philly fan i just enjoy (laughs) jerry jerry jones not getting it done and and they have cleaned house in dallas except for the guys who you think are sort of most responsible for what's not culpable not yeah not dan quinn not dan quinn but the the coach and jerry you're thinking i realize you're not going to change the owner but they're saying it's not us it was those guys, so I guess we'll see. Second round of interviews reportedly that the Colts have set up, and most of them uh, finished. Maybe even all of these finished, I think. Um, Jeff Saturday, Raheem Morris, DeGero Ivero, Wink Martindale, Rich, Bis- Rich Bisaccia, excuse me, Shane Steichen, Brian Callahan. And uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter also says uh, Eric Biedemi, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, quote, remains under consideration, end quote. Chap, do we expect a decision for this anytime soon, or are we going to wait until after the Super Bowl, do you think? Well, I I think common sense says if, if we wait till after the Super Bowl, it's the Philly guy. I mean, but if it's Callahan or Morris or someone, then you can talk to everybody and, and get it done next week. Not that teams listen all the time. I'm guessing that the closer we get to the Super Bowl, the league would would prefer teams not make news. You know, like like, don't hire a coach on Thursday before the Super Bowl because, you know, we got a game. Uh, that, that's not necessarily what the Colts would do. I, I'm guessing it's – I keep thinking it's going to be Steichen. i got to get used to – as long as I can spell it. Is it Steichen? Steichen. I, I like Steichen or, or Callahan. You and I went back and forth on – to some degree – now, I, I do know the team – Likes the idea of a coach having learned from his first job, and you you basically say if you mess up once, we, you don't get a second chance. I understand that. I wrote something early in the week that I they just need an offensive guy. They 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 need a guy that has proven he can do it, and, and that's that's one of these coordinators. Eric Bieniemy, I get the impression maybe still in the mix. He didn't get a second interview. I've talked to some people, and I get the impression part of the problem with him is that he doesn't interview real well. And then there's the Andy Reid factor, is how much of it's Reid, which is probably a lot. But with this team totally rebooting and bringing in a a quarterback with a top-four pick, I just everything's – a, everything's a risk. Everything's a risk. You've got to be right on the quarterback. You've got to be right on an offensive coordinator being your head coach to, to guide that guy. I would want to limit my risk of, of hiring a defensive or a special teams guy who, who that's not his expertise, the offensive side, but trusting that he's going to bring in a rising guy that we don't know to this point to be his coordinator. 
So that's three risks right there, and that makes me real nervous. So I kind of think it's going to be one of the two coordinators, and then he and that guy and Chris Ballard will get together and try to align these quarterbacks. So I, I just it just makes too much sense. It's it's the way the league's going. You're bringing you're, you're going to hitch your franchise to this quarterback. Whoever this quarterback is, he needs to be your guy for ten years. He just does. And Joe mentioned this last week, and it's really – I hadn't thought about it until he mentioned it, but just say you you hire that defensive coach and he hires an offensive coordinator and, and he's just great guns, and he's Steichen, and he's gone in two years. So so the, the, then, then you've got problems. So get the offensive guy and let's just do it so we can quit waiting, trying to come up with new ways to write things or whatever. So get it done. And make that be the first domino to fall, and, and then we can move ahead. Mike Chapel says, "Get it done." And there, there's a lot of people who who are right there, right behind you, who would be uh, right outside of West 56th Street, just holding up signs. Get it done, right now. Let's let, let's do it. And and I think Joe, there's no better um, no better um, reason to hire an offensive guy like Chap was saying. And the last four years, I saw this stat that. Uh, all eight of the conference championship game coaches of the last four years have had offensive backgrounds. And of the divisional round coaches in the playoffs, it's something like 12 or 13 of the 16 coaches who have coached in the divisional round of the last four years have had offensive backgrounds. Like that's, that's what is successful right now in the NFL. There's a couple others like Sean McDermott in, um, in Buffalo that have been two of those divisional round uh, entries. Uh, but but at the same Mike time, Vrabel, Mike, Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel's another one. But by and large, it's those offensive guys that are having success in the postseason. And isn't that what you want to have if you are hiring a head coach right now? Yeah, oversimplifying it, but you win the game by scoring points. Defense is great, but how many times do we say great offense beats great defense? And I just feel like it's easier to replace the scheme on defense than it is to completely overhaul your offense. Um, so yeah, I'm right with Mike. I like Steichen or, uh, uh, Callahan as my top two guys, uh, especially now that Ryan's is out. The longer we go, how, how do you guys feel about this? The longer we go, do you think the sense is it's not going to be Jeff Saturday? Because no, they've- I, I, don't, I don't think that. I, I think even if the longer it goes, it could still be Saturday because Chris Ballard is doing everything he can to try to convince a certain someone that he shouldn't take Jeff Saturday. And he's like, let's put it off for another day or two. We'll try to, we'll try to make this happen. Like, so, so, so I don't think we, I can read into it like that. Uh, Chap, do you want to disagree with me? Do you want to agree with me? Do you want to be like, ah, whatever? I, I, I try to make sense of it. And then what I try to come back to is common sense says it won't be Jeff Saturday. And, And common sense may not, if it is Jeff Saturday, it won't be common sense. I, I think what uh, with Chris Ballard, what he's done is some, some people have made a joke. Well, you've you interviewed 13 people and now there's seven in a sec, but he's just being thorough. You know, you, you get no prizes for being first. You're just not. You got to get it right. And I think a byproduct of what he's done is he's showing the owner, look at our possibilities. Look at what these guys bring. Look at what they've done. And he will have done all he can possibly do to say it shouldn't be Jeff Saturday. And and we may have talked about this, or or, or it may have been when I was talking on, on radio, but it, it's, it, it's totally unfair to Jeff Saturday, this process. It just is. He's in the middle of this. Now, he accepted the interim job back in November, so, I mean, he knew what he was getting into. But for crying out loud, there's a petition to not name Jeff Saturday. I mean, a petition. Now, I've, had, I've, I've seen petitions to get guys fired, but I just think it's over the top. I, I, I think he deserves better treatment, I guess, if that's the right word. Nothing's fair in, in pro sports, so I won't go there. But I hate to see this piling on. I just want it to be who's the best candidate. And if I'm if I'm ranking these seven guys, he's number seven. He just is. And it's got nothing to – yeah, it's got – yeah, I shouldn't say. It's got a lot to do with the way the season 
unfolded with him, but although it wouldn't have mattered who you put in there, although they probably would have been in the playoffs if Frank Reich was a coach. I, I, I really believe there's a good chance they, they win the South if they don't fire Frank. But I, I just don't see how they can logically, with common sense, look at these resumes and then we've got a press conference, Nate and Jeff Saturday, head coach. I just don't see how they do it. Well, let's get into quarterbacks now. That's about all we can do on the coaching situation uh, as we sit. Uh, so we'll, of course, get back into it next week. Uh, and maybe we'll have some more concrete news for you uh, at that time. It'll drop, like, right after we finish recording. Oh, yeah, I know. Exactly. It'll be, it'll be done. <laughs> and, like, yeah, today at, like, 5 o'clock. So yeah. Wednesday, February 1st, 5 o'clock, uh, right as Joe's about to hit send and get it online, and boom, there it is. Yeah. So, so lucky us. But um, quarterback will not be determined uh, by then, so this next section will certainly be uh, be relevant discussion. Um, the Colts have three quarterbacks currently on their roster, and technically all three are signed through next season. So... So let's just stick with it. Let's let, let's run it back. Let's let's go and, and see what. Ha- no, that's that's not what it's going to be next year, uh, because you're trying to get Caleb Williams from USC or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. You're going all in for uh, the Heisman Trophy winner. Let me give you the collective numbers that everyone needs to keep in mind from 2022. Quarterback rating of 79.2. Yards per attempt 6.4. The receivers averaged 9.7, and the quarterbacks were a minus three in touchdowns, interceptions, 17 and 20. You know when the last time they had a a minus? I do not, chap. 1998 with a guy named Peyton Manning. Ah. They were a minus two, and and the, this is the worst the worst ratio since 1993. So. They really did some bad things this year. I was going to say, so so you're saying it's going to get better next year like it did with Manning, right? So just stick with it. Give it time. Oh, yeah. I did not I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ryan turns 38 years old in May. Uh, he started 12 games this year. 67% completion percentage was pretty good. Well, we'll take 67% completion percentage, but uh, not, not a whole lot of his other numbers, including 15 fumbles, which was a career high. Five of them he lost. Uh, the second most of his career. Uh, had 13 interceptions as well. Uh, he only has one year left on his contract. It's $35 million as it stands. $18 million of that is basically guaranteed. That will be dead money on the Colts next year if they cut him. But if they do cut him, release him, they get $17 million in savings. So do you really want to bring Matt Ryan back? Is there any, is there any conceivable path, Chap, for the Colts to bring Matt Ryan back next year and be a guy that they kind of bridge over until a young quarterback is ready, or does it have to be somebody else? Somebody else. They can't. They can't for for a lot of reasons, including including the money. I mean, that's a lot. That, that's and he showed you, and he's and he was such a great guy to work with, a deal with. And again, I'm, as I sit here, they I I believe they would have made the playoffs with Frank and Matt Ryan. That, that Ryan would have been their starter. But it just—I mean, it just wouldn't—it it wouldn't have made any sense at all. And at some point, they're going to make an announcement they part away. So no, it's—I wish it would have worked out. And if if things have been different, offensive line, running game, and all that stuff, it might have worked. Probably would have worked. But no, it's this is that the the the, the quarterback carousel by veterans ends now. Matt Ryan will be maybe uh, up for the Hall of Fame discussion when uh, the same rear Tom Brady is, too. So uh, what a tangled yeah, web we weave. Ryan said he still wants to play. Yeah. He said he still, thinks, he still thinks he can play. And, you know, Frank, Frank needs a veteran quarterback in, in Carolina, so maybe there's a trade brewing to where the Colts can – remember how they when they traded Wentz, they dumped that – remember the entire salary that he was owed that the Colts were going to owe? Maybe they can do that again and get all $35 million off the books. We'll see about that. But that, but that discounts the fact that Carson Wentz is going to the Panthers and he's going to be uh, <laughs> with, with Frank there. And they're going to run it back together yet again. Who knows? That'd be interesting. That'd be really interesting. But I don't think I it's be- I, I believe the Panthers have got, since we're down the rabbit hole, I believe the Panthers have got P.J. Walker. Wasn't he, wasn't he Philip Walker when he was here? Yep, PJ Walker, and, and I and I believe they've got Jacob Eason. 
So maybe we can just dump all Colts quarterbacks to Carolina. Perfect. Let's make it happen, Joe. Including this guy, Nick Foles. Yep, Nick Foles, another one. His uh, two starts this year, less than 60% completion percentage, four interceptions, and his unfortunate uh, moment in the sun here in Indy was much worse than his moment of the sun in Philadelphia where he was catching a pass in the Super Bowl. He was instead writhing in pain on the ground as uh, as Thibodeau was uh, right there uh, doing uh, doing snow angels right beside him. Boy, Thibodeau sure doesn't know who anybody is, does he? No, he doesn't. Who's Jeff Saturday? He doesn't know who Jeff Saturday is. Or Joe Staley or Joe Staley. Getting, getting Twitter beefs. Uh, not a student of the game, one might say. Apparently not. Not at all. Maybe he, he should learn a little bit more about, about the history of this game. The last quarterback the Colts have currently on their roster. By the way, one year left on Foles' contract, $3.6 million. 1.5 is guaranteed. 2.1 uh, uh, they would save. If they decide to cut him, which uh, which is more than likely uh, based on what we saw here, uh, most likely going for someone else too. And Sam Ellinger, well, yeah, go ahead, chap. Thing, sorry. Even I mean, even Full said we. I think he just talked casually. Said, you know, I came here for Frank Wright, so he didn't come here for whoever him to be named later. So, yeah, the, the, I think the ones we talked about, Ryan and Foles, they're just. It's a matter of time before they're they're on the street. It just makes sense. Yeah, you appreciate a guy's honesty like that, Joe, in those situations. Because I, we were talking with Nick getting ready for these games after he had gone up and down from one to two to three to two to one. He had a crazy season himself where he was on the depth chart. And and he, in, in the brutal moments of honesty, he was like, yep, I, I've never taken a snap really with Ryan Kelly. Uh, no, nah, I came here for Frank. You know, this is this is a weird situation, but... Like he went out there and he certainly took a beating. Uh, so it's it's unfortunate that it, like he's had such a weird career and and this is just really the late, latest stop in his weird career. And he has a he has last. a statue. He has a statue. Yep, a statue in Philadelphia of all places. Like we don't make statues all that easy for for people down there. There's Rocky and there's Nick Foles with Doug Peterson for crying out loud. Like the the, the standard is pretty high. And by the way. If any Chiefs fan wants to go and put a jersey on the Rocky statue, y'all go right ahead and do that because it did not work well for the 49ers. Last year, it didn't work well for the Vikings, didn't work well for the Patriots in the Super Bowl, didn't work well for like a bunch of other teams that have, that have done this. It's, just, it's like a, a, the latest curse right now, so go ahead and do it. If yeah. I'm the Chiefs organization, I hire security guards <laughs> on the Rocky statue to make sure no Chiefs fans adorn it in Chiefs garb. Yep, for real. That would be as Kelsey would call them a jabroni. A jabroni move. <laughs> That's right. Shut your mouth and know your role. Know your role and shut your mouth, jabroni. That's right. Uh, now we can get on to uh, Sam Ellinger, who has two years left on his contract, about uh, one million dollars per year. We don't need to get into dead cap and cap savings with him. It's a minuscule number, but um, but if he's back, it's going to be a practice squad player. I, I don't even think, chap, that they can keep him on the roster anymore because we, we've, we've gone through the Sam Ellinger experiment. And if they bring in a young quarterback, he's your young quarterback for the future. It, it, I, I just find it hard to believe that they, that they would keep him on the roster again next year in spite of, oh, we, we like Sam. We think he's got a good future. I, 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 just, I just don't see him being a, part, a long-term part of this franchise after this past season and where the team is right now. The only way he's that, that he's back is if he if you believe he's part of your future as the long term backup. Remember when when we talked to to Sam in training camp, I think it was, he he admitted, yeah, I think it's going to be a. Remember when he he was he worked with Tom House and it's going to be a two or three year project. So he was no more expecting to play this year than, than anybody. But did have they seen enough to say you know? This guy, great teammate and all this, but we think he's shown enough that, that, that he can be that backup guy. You know, Chad Henney's and, and, and all these guys. He can be that guy that can come in, can, 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 win you, can, can finish a game, win you a game, be a couple game starter, and keep you afloat. If not, th there really isn't a place for him. Because one, one thing that, that – Joe's got here later is is you know they, they've had what five straight starting quarterbacks six six straight season openers with the starting quarter different starting quarterback it'll be seven now so you, whoever they draft at quarterback they're still going to sign a veteran guy they just are 
and it's it's probably going to be not probably it'll be that bridge guy like Joe mentioned. So we'll wait to get to that. But I I kind of agree with you. I just don't see the the value or the the, the rationale behind bringing Sam back on the practice squad. It just it, that's not what the practice squad is really for. Yeah, his audition to be the backup will be this summer when he's performing in training camp in front of that new offensive coordinator or head coach. That's who he really has to impress. I know Chris Pallard likes him, but he'll be 25 in September. This isn't a young guy who you hope can kind of mature a little bit. He's a grown man at this point. He's been in the league several years. It's time to either do it or not. There are some free agent quarterbacks out there who are starters, and I think we would be doing you all, our listeners, a disservice without at least explaining all the options the Colts can go with in spite of all of our idea and strong inclination that it's going to be with that top pick uh, that, that they make a, uh, that they make a play for. Um, and which was also some news, I guess there this week, I think I saw Schefter today tweeting something that the bears have decided officially, officially that Justin Fields is their guy moving forward. And they're going to try to trade away that top overall pick. Um, I saw a tweet out there from, from Schefter, like I said, so, so that number one spot's open out there. And if you have your guy, you go get him if there is a guy. But there's also at least the option of some other guys out there. And we start at the top there, and that's, that's Lamar Jackson. Um, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Baltimore is going to franchise tag him, and they expect it to be the exclusive tag. So, so right away, you're, you're not going to get Lamar Jackson because Baltimore has plans to keep him. They just don't want to give him a 10-year whatever it is contract that has uh, Deshaun Watson guaranteed money right now. And they, they keep digging in their heels, and Lamar Jackson keeps digging in heel, his heels, chap. You know, that, that's a problem I think Colts fans would love to have. You have a quarterback that can win you games, and you're haggling over, uh, over your uh, big contract. It, it, it's a rough problem when you're in it, but looking at it from the outside, chap, I'm sure you're like, uh, gum. Colts, Colts fans wish they had that problem. Yeah, it, it's really going to be interesting to see where this goes. You know, I, I've seen some of the talking heads on TV where they say, well, if they franchise him, he won't play. I think the franchise tag is going to be, I don't know, $40 million, maybe. You're, you're going to not play for $45 million? I mean, really? Because if you don't play, then they've still got you next year. You know, the, the, the situation tolls, so... He'll play. I mean, he'll play because you, that's money you'll never get back. But he really gambled on himself this year and lost because because of the injury. Hasn't he missed like twelve or thirteen games over the last two years, which is which is difficult. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good problem to have if you're on the outside. But when they didn't get something done in the off season prior, it really just sort of each side sort of digs in even more. So, but, but the bottom line is he's not going anywhere. He he will be in Baltimore, either playing or sitting. Need new windows? Let the hometown team help. Hometown Windows and Doors is Central Indiana's premier locally owned full-service Anderson dealer with master installers. From design to installation, we handle it all, carrying nationally known brands like Anderson with more options and competitive pricing. Call us direct and get 25% off your windows if you buy within the next 60 days. Please contact your hometown team today. We are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full-service Anderson dealer. National brand, hometown feel. The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life. Like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals, and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana. We're growing and evolving to help further your story. And we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health possible at HancockHealth.org. Daniel Jones of the New York Giants is going to be a free agent. Uh, the Giants did not pick up his fifth-year option. Uh, bet they wish they did. Uh, bet they wish they did right now. Darn right. Because I understand completely why they didn't. Because he hadn't done enough to prove that he deserved it, to be to be perfectly honest. Then Brian Dayball comes in, quarterback whisper, and turns Daniel Jones into a really good quarterback there. A very consistent quarterback. Guy who can beat you with his arm and his legs. And can really still stand to upgrade the uh, the weapons they have around him there in New York, and and give him even fewer excuses uh, to be to be a solid to very good player. 
Um, so I, I doubt the Giants let him go. Exactly. I think they franchise tag him or find a way to sign him to a contract. So I, I'm not sure how much he's on the table, but he's definitely worth bringing up. I completely well, they've also, agree. They've all, they've also, and they've also got Saquon Barkley. They've got two guys they've got to deal with. One, one of them gets a deal and one of them gets a tag. I guess it makes more sense to tag the running back. Is, is it better to tag a running back cheaper or, or sign him to a more affordable contract? I don't know, but neither one will be on the market. So, yeah, Daniel Jones, I still want to see more from him. I, I do. Because as much as he played well this year, the previous three years weren't that. So, uh, But he won't be on the market. Yeah, you want to see some consistency from year to year with him instead of just from game to game. A- absolutely. I-, I agree. He he will be staying there in New York. Geno Smith, possibility, and depends on what Seattle wants to do in the draft because uh, they got that pick from Denver way up there. Uh, so they have an opportunity to, to make some noise in the draft if they see a quarterback that they love. Uh, Geno Smith, 32. Uh, he completed nearly 70% of his passes last year, a career resurgence for the former West Virginia Mountaineer. Uh, more than 4,000 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns to just 11 interceptions. Also had 366 rushing yards and one rushing score. Had a pretty good season stats-wise. Um, Seattle has some fairly good weapons there in, uh, in DK Metcalf, in Tyler Lockett. Um, has steadily, consistently had an offensive line that has needed work under Russell Wilson um, that didn't just get fixed in one year. But, but Geno Smith came, and he was a legitimate NFL starting quarterback, inarguably, uh, there for the Seahawks. So, so it depends. Probably, I think, if he wants to go back or if they want him back, He'll probably sign there if they can come to a good deal, like because it worked well yeah. for him. I imagine hasn't hasn't worked that well any, well anywhere else. Exactly. So so I get similar feelings about Geno as they do Daniel Jones. Maybe they franchise him. Maybe they're able to re-sign him. But kind of, I want to see it again from mm-hmm. Seattle. Show me you can do it two years in a row. Um, but wh- I think they would take that production again next year if you can give it to him. Probably so. Um, yeah, I. I I don't know if they would they really franchise tag Geno Smith and pay him forty million dollars in a year. I think the non-exclusive is thirty-two. Okay, got it. And I don't, I Still don't pay think him thirty-two million dollars. Maybe, maybe they do. Like quarterbacks are getting more expensive now. It, it just supply, does. Can, supply and demand. Supply and demand. Yeah. yeah, if he can give them these numbers every year, I think that's worth about yeah. thirty million. I, I remember. I mean, geez, chap, it was just six or seven years ago when Andrew Luck got his big contract. It was what seven years, one hundred forty million. We were uh, calling him the first twenty million dollar quarterback, you know. And uh, now, then, now there are forty million and fifty million dollar quarterbacks. It, it's jumped like that because of the uh, the premium of the position. And because of the salary cap continuing to shoot up, the NFL being as successful as, as it is. So maybe I just need to get it out of my head that Geno Smith could make $30 million and really not have to bat an eye at that. Well, let's see what Joe Burrow gets. Is it, this, off, is it this off season that he's eligible? He's to eligible that now, yeah. I mean, it, it, doesn't he – don't all these guys just take Deshaun Watson's contract in and says, here you go, Th- this is what I want, and – I can see a quarterback not budging much from that. It, it'll all come down to guaranteed money on all these guys. That's that's what a boy. That's probably why the Lamar Jackson thing didn't get done in the offseason is the guaranteed money. But that that's what's so important about the Colts getting their guy and being right. Because again, for five years until you had to give him the extension, he's extremely affordable. Browns really ruined it for everybody. They did. Thanks, they Browns. It's that stupid. <laughs> it's that stupid elf that got in the middle of the field, and they deserve everything they get because of that stupid elf. Jimmy Garoppolo, also another possible uh, starting quarterback as a free agent, thirty-one years old, a uh, a smile and batting eyes to die for. Uh, Sixty-seven point. Uh, did, did I say that out loud? Sixty-seven point six completion percentage um, in his career. Eighty-seven touchdown passes to just forty-two interceptions. Um, had a career high in passing yards in 2019, a couple years ago, um, but has certainly had injuries as well. He's missed 31 regular season games since 2018, chap. He's been successful when they're on the field. San Francisco has been to a couple different, uh, has been to the Super Bowl. No, that was with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, has been to uh, NFC Championship games with him. Um, and I think they went Chiefs, did they right? Did they go to two? Yeah. Garoppolo did they? was Was it Garoppolo against the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. 
See, I, I should have stuck with it. Stuck with my gut. Then I didn't remember it. Uh, so yeah, he didn't do much that game. Exactly. That, that's probably why. Unfortunately, I didn't remember it. But uh, but Garoppolo is a guy, chap who, like, I don't know he's if he's a, as much. He's a he's a tease. Yeah, he is a tease. I don't even know if he's as much a bridge to a young quarterback because you're going to be starter for one year, and then the other guy's going to take over. There's got to be a team out there somewhere, like a Seattle. Like that's just an example that using that that, Jets, that thinks maybe. they're the Jets that think that they're better with and they don't have a shot to get one of these quarterbacks in the draft and think they're in a better spot to compete next year if they have the right quarterback. So, so I think again that that's that's not as likely a scenario for the Colts given uh, given where they are in the draft. Tennessee, a yeah, team there's like another that. one. I, it, it's funny before we saw Brock Purdy blow up his elbow. And there was talk of, well, Brady's going to go to Frisco for a year. I thought, you know, I wonder if Chris Ballard would consider trading for Trey Lance instead of, you know, instead of going with the draft. But because you know, who knows what who knows what Trey Lance is? Who knows? Yeah, I actually removed Lance from the possible trade targets because Purdy's injury that kind of. Uh, takes away the abundance of wealth that the San Francisco had at their position. I think I saw a report that he is going to need Tommy John surgery, so that definitely extends his recovery time. Yep. Got to feel for him. Yeah, totally feel for him. He's having such a great year. And one play. And you, you see it all the time in the NFL. The defender just coming in, knocking the arm, but just it twisted in the wrong way. And very unfortunate for him and for the franchise uh, for moving forward. Um, uh, we can kind of run down some of these other bridge guys, but we got Baker, Sam Darnold, Taylor Heineke, Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Andy Dalton. I doubt Brissett's coming back, but he's a free agent. Cooper Rush from Dallas, Mike White from the Jets, Tyler Huntley, Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley. Sakes alive <laughs> from Baltimore. If Mason you ever needed Rudolph. a reason, if you ever needed a reason to cancel the Pro Bowl, yeah. That's it. Carson yeah, Wentz would have been a Pro Bowler this year in Indy. Just mark my words. <laughs> and everyone would have, would have hated it. Absolutely hated it. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Does any of these bridge slash backup guys stand out to you? I'll tell you who stand out to me. Taylor Heineke. I think it's going to be one of these guys. I really think it's going to be one of these guys that you just listed here. If if they hire somebody to be that guy to kind of you know, he move it along he from Heineke one. showed you can win with them. Um, 24 starts the last couple of years, so he's got some experience. 34 total touchdowns, 21 picks. Uh, he's just a rock-solid guy, but he's not going to be in any way a threat to the rookie that you bring in. Uh, might be a great mentor to him. Has really worked well in the situations where is he the starter? Is he a backup? He's been a constant professional throughout all of it, so I really like Heineke, but there's several good options on here. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like Heineke, too. Um, I, I don't know about Baker Mayfield, because I think he'll still want to compete for a starting job somewhere. Um, he's only 28. Uh, yeah, he doesn't seem so like the tutoring I don't think type. He would want, yeah, exactly. I, I just don't think he would want to come here, Yeah, where, where he really doesn't have a path to being number one. Chap? What, 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 what if the Philly coordinator is the head coach and it's Gardner Minshew? There you go. A, po a possibility. That's possible, for sure. You bring because in you, 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 you always bring in guys that you're familiar with. That, that, yep. So, but But... That's what's so interesting. They've got options, and as I've said before, Colts Nation needs to brace themselves for at least another down year because it's gonna take it's gonna take you some time. Yeah, I wouldn't but mind Bridgewater you, either. Sixty-six uh, yeah. percent career completion rate. Uh, he started games for four different teams over the past four seasons. Um, so he's kind of been that journeyman guy. I don't think there's any argument about where he is in his career at this point. But he fits right in with the Colts. I mean, they go from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. He goes from team to team to team. It's a match made in heaven. That's right. That's right. He's a ball distributor. He plays pretty smart. So I think he'd be a nice veteran to bring in and start a few games while the rookie kind of learns behind him. Um, but, but those would be not my top two options. But it's a pretty rich year in terms of those bridge quarterbacks. I, I If you're going to get a guy... You also want a guy maybe who's similar in similar I use in a in a unique way, but similar in talent and trait to the guy that you draft. That's what similar I think. Similar play style. Yes, exactly. And, and and I look back to what again, I look back to what Buffalo did to Josh Allen, and I've done this consistently over over the podcast over the past couple of weeks that we've done. They brought in Tyrod Taylor. Now there's no one who's Josh Allen, but they brought in a guy who's at least relatively mobile. 
and to to be the guy who is the who is the bridge from one to the next. If if the Colts are gonna get someone like a a Bryce Young, if they're gonna trade up and they're gonna go with Bryce Young, then then signing and adding someone like like a Mason Rudolph on this list or a Cooper Rush, uh, who's not really a mobile quarterback, or Jacoby Brissett is not. I don't think is a good idea. Maybe Huntley. Maybe exactly. I think Huntley's a good idea if you went with one of the uh, Bryce Young type type of player. Huntley is a guy because you can work some some of the quarterback run game into the offense and have a consistent talent, uh, a consistent trait, whatever between your two t- top You're quarterbacks. The you same don't have scheme. to. Yes, thank you for saying the obvious thing that for some reason was just not coming out of my mouth. Um, so if if you get a guy like Will Levis. There, there are very few guys like Will Levis with the traits that he has, just like Josh Allen when he came out. So then you would need Drew Locke. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 I just, I just want someone who's who's close, chap, so that they can tailor one offense. This guy can learn the offense, whoever it is, as a rookie quarterback, and he can look out there and see someone who is doing that same offense. You're not asking him to learn another offense than what you are seeing on Sundays. You're not asking him to learn a different offense than what you're putting on tape on Sundays. You want someone who can run that offense and the guy who's behind him can learn and then step in when he's called upon to do so. Or, or if the rookie starts right away and gets hurt, you don't want to have a totally different quarterback. I remember back in the day with Atlanta with Michael Vick. If you didn't have a, a a guy like Vic as your backup, you're, you're totally changing your 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 offensive approach until Vic's back. So it makes totally look what the Colts have had: Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. You know, statue one and statue two. So yeah. it, it works both ways. And, and I I really do think they want to try to get to a more mobile, or at least a quarterback who could get out of the pocket and do things, not run for 500 yards, but they want him to be able to do some damage, sort of like Joe Burrow, I guess. I mean, he had a couple of plays uh, against the Chiefs where he picks up the first down. That's what you want. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to how they do this. And maybe some of it will be predicated on who they get in the draft. Very much so. And you could trade for someone. You could trade for a Lamar Jackson if you really want to give him all that money guaranteed. Um, because that's what it would take, Joe. To... And give up at least two first-round picks. Yeah, exactly. That, then what's it going to cost? And I think it's going to be more than that, because, I mean, the 49ers traded three first-round picks to go up and get Trey Lance near the top of that draft. So you have a guy who's already won the NFL MVP. I, I think the, the floor is is three, three first-round picks. And then you can work in different players and all pros or pro bowlers, whatever, after that. Uh, you have Aaron Rodgers who wants to come back for another year, and Green Bay says they will only trade him to an AFC team. So there you go. Aaron Rodgers, Indianapolis. He loves he loves Pat McAfee's show, so he's coming right here. He's going to be able to go in studio every week. I'm so worried about him going to Tennessee. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I really am. I think Tennessee's going to move on from Tannehill this offseason, and I think Rodgers is a the guy they might target. Mm, it'd be interesting. There's always so many interesting things that go on in the NFL offseason. That could be one of them. He's 39 years old. He has four years left, an average of $45 million per year. So whoever wants to trade for him, uh, yikes! That's a uh, that's a hefty price tag to to take on. Uh, but he's been a really good quarterback over the years too. So if you want to trade for somebody with talent like that, uh, that's someone you want to trade for. Jordan Love also perhaps a, a trade uh, trade bait out there. If especially if Rodgers goes back to Green Bay, a uh, first round pick in twenty twenty. Uh, Jordan Love has had very limited experience on the field because Aaron Rodgers keeps playing. And uh, that has been so far a uh, very a first round pick that has not yielded too many dividends for the Green Bay Packers. Um, so you got Jordan Love there. I don't think there's much to talk about with Jordan Love because we don't know too much about Jordan Love, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Derek Carr turns 32 years old in March. Pro Bowler Derek Carr, uh, who, who's hilarious. He's like maybe the, one of the last couple years got lost in the mail and he finally got it. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 uh, he said something, something to that extent, which I thought was funny. He recognizes that this got is... benched and then makes the Pro Bowl. Exactly, uh, he's got three years left of his contract, worth about forty million dollars per season. And, and Carr is Carr is a, I think he's an underrated quarterback. He's a pretty darn good player. Last year did not go well uh, in in Vegas at all, but uh, I think he's got some some juice left in 
left in him who wants wants to make a run or two. So again, this scenario chat might not be what he's looking for if he wants to go trade. And I think the Vegas will probably try to acquiesce to his request in a trade because of what he's given to that franchise. That's my feeling in scenario. And if this was like three years ago, the Colts would say, hey, you know, what about Derek Carr? 100%. And, and the only problem I've had with I've always liked Derek Carr. I really have. The problem is, and there's different circumstances, but he's never been able to lift that team. And the really good quarterbacks, no matter how, what the situations are around them, they they find a way. They just find a way, doggone it, to win games. And he hasn't done that by and large. I, I guess that's a, a red flag on him, I guess. But, boy, he would have been so enticing back in the Philip Rivers era we had here. You know, if, if Carr had been an option. So, but uh, timing is everything. And don't you think they're going to cut him before the time comes if they can't trade him? What do you think, Joe? You have any thoughts on if, that? If they can't trade him, yeah. yeah, I think they will cut him. I think they're moving on from Derek Carr this year, but I think they'll do everything they can to try and uh, get something for him, work out a trade, even if it's for a fourth round pick or whatever. But yeah, I, yeah, like Chap said, there there was an era when the Colts would be uh, thinking about this, but that that era is past. But because there was an era with the Colts, that means there's probably another team out there that's that's moderately, mildly interested in seeing what they can do. Tampa uh, Bay needs a quarterback. Yeah, Tampa Bay does need a quarterback. You're not wrong. I'm throwing that out there. Uh, Zach Wilson of the New York Jets, second overall pick in 2021. Uh, 22 games has completed just 55 percent of his passes for 15 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. There's a reason you're the second overall pick just uh, two years ago, but there's also a reason that a team is moving on from you, it appears. So you kind of have to weigh that and see, uh, and put those two options together. I, I don't think that Indianapolis is a great place for Zach, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, you want to go somewhere to kind of, if you're him, probably sit in the background for a bit, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, uh, and and kind of... Uh, get away from the spotlight that has not been kind uh, to you in New York for whatever reason. But I, I doubt he comes here. Marcus Mariota, 29 years old, has one year left on his contract with the Falcons uh, for $14.5 million. Uh, certainly didn't do anything super impressive last year uh, for the Falcons. But uh, maybe that's a guy who, if, if they pick one of the more mobile quarterbacks yep. like you were talking about, who fits Mariota's playing style. They want to bring him in and kind of just run the same offense with Mariota and whoever the athletic quarterback they draft and, might be. Yeah, and, and Mariota's not at a point in his career like uh, like a Derek Carr, like a Baker Mayfield, who's probably still looking to, to, to score big and, and to be a guy who's the number one somewhere. I think Mariota, after being dumped by Tennessee, being dumped by the Falcons in this scenario, is, is reaching the point where, where he says uh, he, he's coming to a more of a realization of where he is in the NFL. And speaking of getting dumped by multiple teams, you have Carson Wentz lifted, listed here as the, the last player in this uh, in this deal. So but but uh, and Joe has a big LOL uh, right beneath Carson Wentz. If he came back here to Indianapolis, I would uh, eat my shorts and uh, Jim Ursay wouldn't have it anyway. So so that yeah. that's that's there's a zero percent possibility in that. And plus the fact that he's going he's going with Frank and they're going to reunite in uh, in Carolina and they're going to take the AFC South, uh, the NFC South rather by storm. So. So, so, so there you go. Those are all the trade possibilities right there uh, that Joe had listed out for us as we looked at other quarterbacks around the NFL. But when it comes to the Colts, we're, everyone here is on the same page that uh, they got, they, it's got to be one of these rookies. It's got to be Bryce Young of Alabama, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, Will Levis of Kentucky. And then you throw in there Joe Anthony Richardson of Florida, Tanner McKee of Stanford, who are all the projected first-round picks or tweener first, second-round picks. Hendon Hooker is also at the Senior Bowl right now talking to a bunch of teams, and he had a heck of a season going before uh, his leg injury uh, ended at Tennessee. So so what, one of those guys is is the long-term guy. But again, Chap, um, it, it would be... It would be malpractice not to have a someone as a backup play. And I know we've said that with the Colts before. We said that with Carson Wentz two years ago. It's malpractice to not have anyone with experience behind him. And we saw in just week two of the season when he got injured and was on zero good ankles down in Tennessee. 
We said last year that it could be malpractice that they don't have a good backup plan at left tackle, and and, and it, we we saw the. The, the, the fruits of those decisions. We're saying, once again, it could be malpractice to go into a season without a good, solid backup quarterback if you're going to ride the wave, waves of a rookie. Uh, but, but, uh, but nevertheless, we, we enter the season with uh, one of those discussions likely again, as it's more than likely that one of these, uh, these guys that we just listed here as a rookie will be uh, wearing the horseshoe on his helmet next season. The question we'll, we'll need to d- decide and, and answer, as the Colts will have to, is, Will they feel comfortable sitting up for believing they'll get their guy or do they have to go up to one to get him? Uh, I think it's awful risky to stay at four and say, you know, now if you've got all three of these guys ranked the same and you're not really all that over the top on any of them, I guess you stay at four, but you can stay at four and they could all be gone with the way teams need quarterbacks. You could be waiting for your guy, whichever guy, Levis, whomever, at four and him gone because teams will move up. Teams will move up. So to me, if they really, really like one of these guys and they kind of like another guy, with, with so much on the line, meaning, you know, your next 10 years, you've got to move up to one to get it because you've got to, a limit. like I said, everything's risky coaches, coordinators, the quarterback. But what you've got to do is eliminate as many risks as possible. And the way you do that is you move up almost with whatever it takes. What have we seen? Uh, flip ones, give up a two or three this year, and next year's one. You know, yes, that's – and that may not be enough. But, if yes, it's steep. If you believe that's the guy, you do sort of whatever it takes to get him. So I, I think they have to move up to one to get their guy, whoever that is. Yeah, Joe, Chris Ballard has said over the past couple of years, uh, y'all would celebrate if y'all took a quarterback out there and he'd be the savior of the Colts, but then you'd run me out of town with him when it didn't work. That's what he said. But if you're in his scenario where he is now, like now is the time. So if you're going to go down with the quarterback who doesn't work, go, go down, down with, with the guy, guy that you want. Go down with the guy that you want. Don't go down with the guy that falls to you. Go down with the guy that you want out there, right? Yeah, and I, I hope he takes that approach. Uh, he's been very much, and he's earned this label as kind of a bargain shopper through free agency, always trading back in the draft. Uh, there's been times he's been aggressive, DeForest Buckner trade and uh, other things like that. But I, I think now's the time for Ballard to really take a swing because if it doesn't work out, he's going to be fired in two or three years anyway. So, you, like you said, you might as well go after the guy that you want. That's your best chance at keeping your current GM job. We do appreciate you listening to this Colts Blue Zone podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for when in two hours the Colts decide who their head coach is going to be and make uh, half of this podcast completely irrelevant. Uh, you can follow uh, me at Dave G underscore sports. Mike Chappell is at mchapel 51 And, of course, you can read all his work online, fox59.com and cbs4indy.com as well. Uh, Take care, and we'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. 